Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hello, Chicago. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Hey, everybody, we are live. Are you guys grinding or are you guys having fun? We're having a little fun. And here's the controversy. Listen, we love fun, right? Spend some time with our friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. I'd want to be nowhere else but here. Parkinson Spiegel. They're amazing. <laughs> are they? <laughs> yeah, but are they? I go on the score and talk with uh, Matt and Danny. Yeah, Danny Parkins, one of the old timers. Sometimes says uh, this is the show where things happen. It's a disgusting way to do talk radio. Danny and Matt. Do an excellent job. A little too much Parkinson. We can erase it from the FCC. Strange twists and turns on the Parkinson Spiegel show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. We're the show where things happen. Everybody, Ice Cube. Cube, thank you for answering our text and putting up with our ridiculousness. Anytime, anytime. Bob Odenkirk. How are you guys doing? Mark Wahlberg's here. Chicago, we love you, baby. Come on. Shane, wake up. Tanny, we got to have another little taste because Spiegs is here. Yeah. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Every time I come on this show, old school great radio johnny b i'm riveted to the score it's the last bastion of talk radio i mean you guys are the best team in chicago everybody knows that Parkins and spiegel these guys are gonna be incredible and amazing and uh, they started talking over my promo for them at the beginning of the show and here we go jim tony oh jim we can start the show right now every time we hear that friday fun open speaks yeah like, that's a show I would listen to. <laughs> I would totally hang out with those guys. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. And then it makes me happy with the Sufjan Stevens here at the end. I'm like, oh, man, what a great town. What a great town we live in. Holy hell. We have two baseball teams for the moment. and uh, <laughs> For the next few moments, at least. <laughs> For the foreseeable know. future. Oh, boy. That felt like two very different kinds of baseball teams and broadcasts and products and businesses and universes <laughs> today, didn't it? But yeah. they are both Major League Baseball teams. Let me check my notes. On they that. are. Hang on. Oh, I no, they checked. are. They are. I checked. Speaking of great talents, is it nice for you guys to be able to uh, be at home today? Thanks yeah. for noticing, Shane. Yeah, no problem. It yeah. feels good, nice and comfortable in your homes. Is it? Is it? Is it terrible for you to be uh, at work? Uh, for about an hour, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's horrible. I'm so I thought sorry about for coming your hardship. In. Don't worry I about it. I thought about coming in and joining you guys. We know Danny doesn't. He lives like you know forty miles away or whatever. Racine. <laughs> He's up there in Kenosha. Danny's in Beloit by the Culvers. He lives. He lives behind the Brat Stop. Oh, I know. You're ten miles away. Why aren't you here then? 
That because doesn't seem like a far distance. I don't want to be there. Oh boy, there it is. He said it out Mitch. loud. <laughs> yeah. Because I I'm don't... two miles away. I'm two miles away. I also don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the record, you I never I'd know when you're going to be on after these spring training games. Uh-huh. It's, it's very confusing. And if Shane would not have said anything, no one would have even known that we weren't there. Uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. He'd, he'd okay, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the communication's yeah. flawless. <laughs> So is the rug. There it is. The first thing he said after he's wow, uh, it's overmodulating. That would be a tell right there. Yep. Yeah, that'd be the that'd be the tell. <laughs> yeah. Run, well, rundown. Yeah, oh, rundown. Yeah, Guy needs a rundown. <laughs> I was gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Okay. No, I'll, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll say it again. Oh God. Hey, you good know vibe, um, guys. Good, you, you know good what's uh, you know what's funny is um, I thought so. I thought they were good. Yeah, vibes. turn your gain down. You overmodulated again. <laughs> I tried. You don't have that compressor at home. <laughs> Tomorrow. All right, you guys take it away. And it's Canario will make the catch for the first out here in the top of the second. That'll bring up the DH, Tim Elko. Who the hell is he? Tim Elko. Call eight six six Tim Elko. I mean, you 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 wrote it, Tanny. And uh, and I I agree. Proud of it. Yeah, Tim Elko. Uh, Danny, how much would you like to know about Tim Elko, Danny Parkins? How much would you like to know? As much as you'd like to share. Uh, yeah. Um, I are don't... you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we could go for a while. Uh, no, actually, I don't really know a, a lot about Tim Elko. I know he's got a statue in front of the Ole Miss baseball stadium. That 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 much I know. That that happened. That that happened. That's a fun fact. Yeah, right. I thought you know. I thought and thought I could offer that. It's a good. It's a good place to start. Tanny made the joke about uh, Tim Elko sounding like Feltko, so you know, I, I, I shared that. That's a. There were very different, um, very different teams, and very different baseball universes on display. Today. Yeah, how so? Did it feel good though, Speaks? Did, did you feel like a sense of little comfort that it's back? Or was the quality so poor that you're like, you know what, this is just not something I'm interested in yet? I felt a tremendous sense of comfort uh, that that it was back. No, it was it was delightful to see baseball back on uh, back on my screen to hear it back on the airwaves. Um, I, I I really enjoyed uh, listening to the uh, to the radio broadcast as well enjoyed watching the television broadcast as well on marquee and then i changed over to uh to nbc sports chicago and uh listened to that for a while i only caught the last uh, few innings danny you listened to the uh, the bulk of that broadcast is that correct yeah i watched the entire uh, nbc sports chicago broadcast it should I not be on, guys? Is my tech that bad? I'm happy to. No, happy it's to... not your fault that the tech is bad. We're just asking you to turn the gain down a tiny bit. I turned bit. it down. Okay. I'm happy to. Te- Listen, why don't you guys take it? I'll uh, reconnect and tap out for the hour. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that better, Shane? You shaking your head? What did I do wrong here? I asked you to turn the gain down a tiny bit. That's it. I don't know what that is, dude. I was on before. You weren't in there. I was trying to do it. So. We'll, like, go ahead. We're good. Wait. We're good. We're good. We're good. Go ahead. This this sounds okay. Sounds great. Sounds good to me. Sounds sounds. Is sounds there good a positive vibe thing. in here right now? Well, I'm just. I don't want anybody. I don't want to talk on the air if people can't hear it. If it if it if it sounds bad, so I'm sorry for. I'm sorry, Shane. 
It sounds fine, Danny. It sounds okay. to- it sounds sounds totally fine. A uh, couple things overmodulated on on the front end, but everything everything sounds totally fine at this point. Well, I watched the broadcast on NBC Sports Chicago. It was good to have baseball back. It was interesting to hear the new guy, John Schriffen. Uh, you know, no conclusions from spring training. Results don't matter. Christopher Morell with a bomb felt nice. That was uh, that was you know the basically the entirety of the experience he made what two plays in the field uh at third cleanly nothing too uh out of the ordinary but uh but yeah i thought that uh you know it was good to good to have baseball back in our lives and i would miss it like this it, you know we broadcast the game because it was cubs socks so it was nice to have you know the idea that people wouldn't want there to be two teams in town we would miss uh, we would miss these classic spring training games where the two teams get together so i enjoyed it i enjoyed it being back I uh, I very much enjoyed it being back, um, and I will enjoy it being back. And there's a lot of interesting things going on um, in terms of what uh, what this season is going to be. Cubs with some minor league uh, signings that have come to light uh, today. There's like there's all sorts of stuff to talk about. We should talk about Morel and everything. But I gotta I gotta be honest about um, what I heard with the White Sox broadcast. And it was it was tough, man. It was a tough listen. Um, and I I had heard that um, that John Schriffen has done very very little baseball, and it sounded today like a guy who's done very very little baseball. And there was so much stony. I mean, it's the first game. I don't think it'll be an interview. And, you know, all year. But today was an interview. Today was largely an interview. And there was a lot of really uncomfortable moments. And spring training can be tough. Danny, you remember how bad I sounded at spring training when I got a chance to do a couple games? And the fifth inning came of one of the games that I was doing. And there was an entire second realm of, uh, uh, of ball players that came in. Like the whole wave of... Uh, of backups for both the Cubs and the Rangers, and I was, I was lost, and and Coomer, Ron Coomer had left because it was the last day, and I just, it, it, I, I was nowhere. I was solo, and I was nowhere, and I was confused. That's what, that's what at times John Schriffen sounded like today. There's a plane overhead, folks. It's possible that my broadcast partner today, Ron Coomer, is on that very flight. Wyatt Short throws that one low and inside to Cameron Cauley. Count now full at three and two with nobody out. That's me solo a couple years ago when I was just completely freaking desperately lost. Um, it's spring training. I don't know if he's ever done a spring training game before in his life. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't think so. He's never done right. He's done. I don't know why he would have right. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's you ne- know, never worked. Never worked for a team. He did KBO and filled in on some national radio. Or, or right. St- yeah. So I, I don't. I don't. There's no reason to think that he's ever done spring training before. I can't imagine the terror that must have been um, in his in his mind. Actually, I can't imagine it. But like the terror when all of a sudden it's the sixth inning and you've got a team in the White Sox who are thin with a lot of people you don't know in the first place, and then here comes the second wave. I, um, I I thought it was a really, really tough watch and a tough a, a tough listen. And I hope it's going to get better, and it's just the first spring training game. But uh, this is a guy without a lot of baseball reps, and that's what it sounded like today to me. Yeah, you know, I, uh, 
I am not at all prepared to. I, I watched all nine innings. I'm not prepared to be that harsh on it. I think that that's very harsh. Um, he didn't talk a lot. I thought he was being deferential to his analyst, which is what they said he was going to do. You mm-hmm. know, to to tee up the guy, to tee up Steve Stone. Like Stone was bringing it out of breaks. Uh, they did like you know get to know the new guy. They said that was going to be like a new feature for them uh, to like introduce. Every, people to new players throughout spring training the first one they did was on john schriffen and so they would like come through with facts on him mm-hmm. and stone was reading the facts about schriffen and i was like schriffen should be reading the facts about schriffen i want i want I, I want him to tell me uh about about who he is and like it said like the first one earlier in the game was uh you know one of them was like most famous person in your phone and they had a graphic all built for it and it said steve stone and i was like come on <laughs> The guy works for ABC News. He told us stories about Diane Sawyer giving him broad. You know what? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, like, that, it yeah. just, um, like, I, I'm, Stone's uh, all, he's an all-time analyst, obviously, but, like, I, I, I get making the analyst the star and being deferential to him, but if you're going to do get to know John Triffin. Yeah. Like have them t- have them tell me a story. I bet you there were a bunch of people that tuned in uh, today, White Sox fans, and they're being introduced to the new guy, and they didn't know that he worked for ABC World News. So I don't think Steve Stone is the most famous person in his phone, given that he's like reported on the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, you know, he's he's a he's got a very interesting background. So I would have kind of gone the other way as opposed to being deferential to Stone, like if you're going to make it like that he's the star of the broadcast and introduce him in that way, uh, you know, let us get to know him. But you know how it's it early. is, man. Baseball's it's a medium early. of habits. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to take him a while. There's a lot of ins and outs on these broadcasts and not just the ins and outs of coming in and out of break. There's features and sponsorship reads and all sorts of stuff and by the way you're listening to wscr and hd chicago wbmx hd2 chicago and odyssey station so i just you know i uh i'm 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 games and games and weeks and weeks and probably even over a month away from really registering a a public like criticism or praise of the broadcast it was it was noticeable how much stone was talking well, compared he, to the play-by-play analysts, you know what I mean. It, it was it was different. It was not the Jason and Steve show. It well, was the re- Steve Stone show with, uh, you know, like Andy Richter on the couch with Conan. 
yeah, kind, and, and kind of you know kind of thing for, for right, the first which, part. Which so is, like it was it was definitely a noticeably different vibe. Uh-huh. Um, it's but just it, 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 they're, I, not, I, they're I, not there yet. No, 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 I, and and they won't be. Of course, of course, they won't be. But in terms of the experience today, it was it, it was just a massive and obvious and palpable difference when it you know when you're watching a, a guy like Boog with JD and they're seamlessly bringing Carter Hawkins in and talking to council uh, down there and they've got Taylor McGregor and they're doing their whole thing. And the news just passed last night that that Marquis stole Chris Kampka, the Sultan of stat, a guy who is unbelievably great at his job on the White Sox broadcast and has now been stolen um, to go over to the Cubs broadcast. And I just, I really missed our friend Jason Benetti And I have been thrilled at the quality of broadcasts that we have been given and and, and have grown accustomed to in town. And we've been spoiled. And we've oftentimes said it in the past few years. Man, we are spoiled for big league broadcasts. And I love big league broadcasts. And, and, And this one, it may take a while for this Sox broadcast to feel like a big time big league broadcast. And the fact that they lost Kampke yesterday is a, is a, a much smaller thing to the fact that they lost Benetti to the Tigers. And this was just, it, it was such a massive and palpable difference from one to the other. A game like this, I would ordinarily be flipping uh, back and forth to enjoy Benetti and Boog. And today I was flipping back and forth, but, you know, next time I don't know that I would. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> The other thing, the other thing that was noticeable as I was watching the broadcast was they were being very positive. It was, it was, it was very positive. Yeah, uh, and that was being led by Steve Stone, uh, honestly, and he. Uh, I don't know if ten win improvements says much, but here's here's a. Uh, I don't know about marching orders, but certainly the messaging of what White Sox broadcast and White Sox baseball is going to be this year. You were talking in the last half inning about Pedro Grafal and, and what he has done so far this season. And you look at the team and the organization and the people that have been brought in, even if they're a roster invite, everyone has said they have to be high character people. And that has been the emphasis so far that I've seen this spring. Well, the word you hear all the time from the coaching staff and some of the players is culture. Uh, I don't I don't think last year the culture was particularly good. I think Pedro realizes that that was one of the things he and his staff had to emphasize. And that's also one of the things that Chris gets and his staff always talk about. And so they're implementing what they want the Chicago White Sox to do on a daily basis. And I'm pretty sure it's going to make this a better team. Pitch missing low and outside, so the count is now full to Ramos. So some of those culture things that you're talking about that Pedro Grafal has started to implement, guys have to go out and, and get to know each other. And it's not forced. Guys are wanting to do this. So like pitchers and catchers here in Arizona, they're going out to dinner together. Here's a 3-2 as Ramos fights that off into the stands. Also in morning meetings in the clubhouse, guys are now having to introduce each other. So two introductions every single morning. And it's not like, oh, hey, here's Steve Stone. He's been a broadcaster. No. From birth, where they're born, to their entire career accolades, really want to get to know each player on the team and having to do it from a player standpoint. Ten more wins. 
Ten more wins. Yeah. You said it, man. If they play a cleaner brand of baseball and they lose with less embarrassment, that's not exactly something that's going to sell tickets or uh, convince people to publicly fund the stadium. But maybe it'll be slightly less embarrassing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's that, that and that's what uh, Chris Getz has been describing. And that's what was described today is that they'll play cleaner and um, and the vibes will be better. And they're really trying to work on the culture. And that's and that's what it'll be. That's a tough that's a tough sell in terms of watch my product. It's a tough sell. But spring is a time for optimism. Damn it. I wish I felt more optimistic about this thing. I wish I felt more optimistic about the broadcast. I wish I felt more optimistic about baseball on that side of town, but I simply do not. It's uh, it, it it's it's difficult because of, of I mean, listen, all they're, they're expected the to be one of the worst teams in baseball. No, yeah. no, no nobody feels optimistic about about baseball uh, on that side of town. Yeah, and it's not even like they're oh, they're just super young with a bunch of you know really talented guys who are going to be there. It's this is a this is a teardown. They're not even in the build phase yet of the rebuild. Mm-hmm. This is this is the this is the teardown year. This is the this is the least fun year because they're going to get worse before they get better. Yeah, because they're going to trade cease tra- trading away some of these some of these you know uh, like so, so they, they, they are going to this is this is the worst part of it. Um, unless it's it comes with like cleaner baseball and less embarrassment in terms of headlines and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the product on the field, this is this is the worst part at this point there's also a new sign at the facility it says play fast it's kind of like that notre dame sign you slap it on your way out into the stadium there's the tunnel on your way out to the fields play fast today and fast stands for fearless aggressive selfless and technical (laughs) dig it dig it Oh, we'd heard about the acronym. We had seen the acronym, and then hear these guys. He said it was like the. He said it was like the, the Notre, Notre Dame, Dame side. Yeah. yeah. And I thought the T standard for stood for technically sound. It does. So it does. It, so it's not fast then. It's fast. It's fast. It's it's, it's fast. But isn't there another A in there somewhere? Like there's 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 an issue with that. I I get it. They're trying to uh, to tell you that things are changed, and you know it's such a fine line, isn't it? The broadcast is owned by the team or is, you know, at, at the very least, some of them are not, some of them are partners with the team, but some of them are, you know, straight up owned by the team and they are colleagues with what the team is trying to sell. And the fine line that you have to walk theoretically is to, is to sound honest and real with what you're watching, what you're showcasing, what you're describing. And it's, it can be a tough putt. From uh, from from time to time, and certain organizations will put a thumb a little bit stronger on the scale than others. We saw it last year with the Orioles and Kevin Brown, and it feels like in the off season the White Sox have put their thumb on it a lot harder than they had in the past. They got to sell it somehow. They got They got. They got to sell it somehow. And I know you guys uh, are going to get to it, the Liam Hendricks thing, in a little bit. But it just when I was watching that and in the messaging, and just I kept thinking, how did it get so bad? Why didn't they do something about it? Why didn't they stop it? If someone was a problem, why didn't they trade that person? You know what I mean? Like, it just made you think about what was the last manager doing, you know, when this was all happening. Yeah. Um, Liam Hendricks is in the Sun-Times today. Steve Greenberg from the Chicago Sun-Times went and talked to Liam in Florida 
And, uh, you know, it's 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 sad when we have to celebrate um, journalism actually sending somebody on a flight and going somewhere, Danny. But I was thinking about that. Like, why Steve in Florida? The Cubs and the Sox aren't there. Oh, he went to he's, he's down there covering some other teams and doing some other stuff. And good thing. Yeah, no, there. I mean, that's, that's a great point. That's right. I mean, that's it's a, like that's a good job. It, it's it's a it's a good job. Good on the Sun Times or. And, and and so here's Steve, who's a fine journalist, uh, talking to Liam Hendricks, and he asked him about last year's team, and he, Liam said, quote, we had too many guys pulling in different directions, too many cooks in the kitchen trying to fix what they thought was wrong. There's a lot of type A people in a clubhouse. You got certain people thinking this is the way it's got to go. Certain people want to fix something, so they just scream and yell until someone fixes it. There wasn't, honestly, enough positivity and eagerness to go out there and play on a day-to-day basis. Oh, man. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. There wasn't enough eagerness to play. People didn't want to play the damn game. You could tell when you watched the team, couldn't you? Couldn't you see that? Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, it is exactly, Uh, Tony. But honestly, like, like that is a very good quote and very honest. But the next one is honestly a little bit more unbelievable. Like, Hendricks opened up in a conversation with the Sun-Times because that's who he is and what he does. If anyone doesn't like it, oh, well. And apparently some teammates didn't like it. Quote, some guys thought I was seeking too much attention. But when you answer questions in a non-generic way, they tend to come to you a little bit more. And I'm not one to shy away from a conversation, whether it be uncomfortable, whether I'm going well, whether I'm going poorly. I want to be as transparent as I can because baseball is a very stoic man's sport. When I started being transparent, knowing what my flaws were and embracing them, that's when I started having success on the field. And when I started having success away from the field, we're all human and I want to make sure I remain true to myself. I want to make sure that I live as well at the field as I do away from it. Like, the idea that there were players in the White Sox clubhouse who didn't like how Liam Hendricks handled himself, the guy was an all-star closer, one of your highest-paid players, a not a face of the game, That's that would be overstating it, but a... By baseball standards, a pretty damn well-known figure in the top 10 percentile of recognizable faces in the game. And, oh yeah, by the way, came back from cancer and pitched through cancer, Mm -hmm. as we later found out. With a torn labrum, by the way. With a torn labrum, like, complaining about how he handled himself. Yeah. Well, I and I so tone deaf. What and and I I think this is clearly about some some of the time even before cancer when he was an active and vibrant part of a clubhouse and on our show a lot doing a lot of media because he said he doesn't answer questions in a generic way. And remember all those conversations we had about who's the leader of this team? Is there a leader in there? Is there somebody? And Liam would try to be a leader, and Lance Lynn would try to be a leader and talk. But, like, not only was Liam not respected as a leader because he was just a pitcher, just a closer, they thought he was too much of a talker. 
because he had the audacity, or is it the Odyssey? No, it is the audacity. In this case, it's the audacity. To, to just, like, be honest and talk about things. Man, that team, it's just such an ugly fall apart. And Tony La Russa did nothing to stop it. We know how bad that hire was and just how much the culture just, like, whatever there was of it just completely fell apart. And he was asleep at the switch as it fell apart. And nobody stepped up to do it. Nobody stepped up to try and fix it, try and clean it up. And here we are a day after Tim Anderson has become a Marlin for $5 million. And Liam Hendricks is telling you that, you know, there just wasn't enough people who actually were positive and wanted to go out and play. That thing was gross and everybody knew it. And, I mean, it's nice to hear Liam talk about it honestly, frankly. I wonder how many more of those types of stories we're going to get. Like, when is it finally over? Like that, that that era of the the Tony Larusa fall apart White Sox of uh, the you know ni- ninety wins back to back playoff amen. seasons. When's it? When is it finally over? I mean, it depends if Lance Lynn wants to talk about it for real. If Joe Kelly wants to talk about it for real, you know, if 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 Kendall Tim Graveman, yeah, yeah, Tim Anderson, if if Kendall Graveman wants to like open up and. And talk about it, and, I, and we all know that Shane is 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 texting and calling these people, and we so appreciate I, it. They don't want to yet. I, I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, I haven't talked to Kendall, but Joe and Lance do not want to talk about it yet. The quote that I feel comfortable talk uh, uh, relaying from Lance is: "There's no good in talking about your former team." Yeah. That's so one day maybe, but you saw neither Lance nor Joe did Super Bowl picks this year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm that's, sorry. there's there's also no I mean, that that is being a good leader. You know, D- it's it was, different personality types, but La- Lance Lynn, like, no, I'm not going to break bad on my ex team. And and Liam doesn't care. You know, Liam, Liam is comfortable being himself. I, I love, you know, I want to make sure I remain true to myself that. When I know what my flaws are and I embrace them, that's when I started having success on the field and success away from the field. Like, that makes so much damn sense to me. For Liam, it is better to be honest and better to share stuff and talk about stuff with a realness. And that is part of how he's good. It's part of how he functions, and he's comfortable doing that. And if you're a teammate, you got to understand that. And I'm sorry, you know, the current manager didn't take over in August. No, like he, he was there, was the there to to start last season. So what happened when you lost 101 games last year that you couldn't do something about all this earlier? Well, he thought that you were just supposed to kick ass at seven ten, so that's why they lost all those day games. They weren't ready for any of that. If they were ready, different. Let's see how much ass kicking they did at seven ten. By the way, Ooh, not a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. brother. I'll tell you that. Jesus we, Christ! Get, get Camp on it. Can we steal him from Marky? <laughs> no, he's busy now on Cub stuff. Sorry. He can't look because otherwise he would have looked up what inning and time of day did the White Sox have the most success. Turns out they kicked ass at 840. 840 is when they kicked ass, not at 835 or 845, but 840. Do they kick more ass with Dominic Fletcher in right field than Gavin Sheets? Uh, What about this Elkhorn fella at DH? (laughs) Are you kicking more ass with Elkhorn? It's oh, Whatever no. the hell his name is, dude. There's no, there's no horn. There's no R. Elkhart. <laughs> I mean, the, from Indiana. The the, the 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 fellas they rolled out there today. Hey, I never want to see again. I think we're burying the lead. We're burying the lead. The lead is that your guy, Danny, your guy, Christopher Morrell, not oh. only homered, not only homered, but made two 
thoroughly adequate plays at, at third base today and is is the most exciting guy on a team that includes Pete Crow Armstrong because Pete Crow Armstrong is at times terrifying as well as times exciting. Morell is Morell is that dude, man. He's so much damn fun. And they're going to give him a chance at third base and and they absolutely should. If he's here they should. It was a, it was a it could not have gone better as a debut for him individually. First at bat home run, makes every play in the field, looked comfortable had that huge smile on his face that makes him the most popular guy on the team. So, you know, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not when you say my guy uh, with no, Morel. No, I'm, I'm not. You, you, you love the guy. I remember we had an argument because he said he called him a, a future star or something like that. And we had yeah. a, a disagreement about that because I don't, I don't know what position he was going to be. And at least now they've decided one. Yeah. They've mismanagement, mismanaged it in the past. Um, I think it's been very clear that they've mismanaged it in terms of, like, what spot is it? I don't know. Maybe no spot. Is he anywhere? Is he a DH? He's awfully young to, like, go ahead and concede him uh, as just a DH. But but that, that dude just – I mean, the vibe of him is so wonderful. The energy is so wonderful. And clearly he's a better hitter than they thought, and they need to give him a chance at one position. No, I, 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 I consider him your guy. I'm giving well, him I, No, you. I appreciate that. I mean, I – I do love watching him play. I just I took uh, a couple people were tweeting at me when he hit the home run. Like, hey, you just said the other day they should have traded him. I worry that they, if he can't play third, that the places that he can play, they have guys that block him, so he actually would be more valuable to another team than them. And generally speaking, you want to sell high. But if they actually think he can play third, then he's more valuable to them, of course, because he's young, cheap, fun. He's their guy, their find, and they need power. Like, I don't want to watch this team without Christopher Morrell. The lineup already lacks power. So I do love watching Christopher Morrell. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean – Nico's our guy as a show. He's probably my favorite Cub because he's the one that we know the most. But Morell is the guy that's going to get, you know, he's going to sell a ton of jerseys. He's going to be the guy that, like, 12-year-old fans, you know, that become Cubs fans with this team. Like, that's the, your sweet spot of sports fandom. Like, he's going to be a lot of people's favorite player. And... You know, I don't. I don't think you can declare any wins after one day of spring training, but it it could not have gone better. And in terms of a moment, like oh, we because we've been waiting, we've been talking about it. Like the Cubs off season has been. It was council, and that was early, and that was really exciting. But then everything else has been about how they're not spending as much as we would like, and where's Cody Bellinger? And then obviously all of the negativity on the south side, and so it hasn't really felt like the excitement of spring training you see christopher morell hit a home run rounding the bases with a 10,000 watt smile uh-huh. across his face and then playing the field and playing it well that's a all right baseball season is here type of moment for sure because he's got that magnetism and he's got that electricity and he is so incredibly 
likable and and fun to watch. Um, I, I want want people to hear this if they didn't. Coomer, Ron Coomer did the broadcast with Alex Cohen. I thought Alex sounded great on the broadcast with Coom um, doing the radio. But uh, Coomer was on with Mully and Hall this morning and was talking about Morell at third base. And we know this is a big deal that he's getting a shot. Um, you know, last year he played center field in the minors, then came up and didn't play center field, didn't play anywhere. Uh, they said he was going to play first base in the offseason, but then he ended up playing some third base in the offseason with the winter league. So, like, they just haven't had consistency. Now he's working at third base, and Craig Council talked about it, and Coomer, the former third baseman, was talking about it this morning. The one big positive is now every day he goes to third base and they're working with him at third base. I don't think there were two days in a row last year that they worked with him at third base. It would be third base one day, then it would be center field maybe, then it would be he'd take ground balls at second. Then he, you wouldn't see him do defensive work, you know, like extra work. And so to me, now that he's there every day, he gets inundated with work at third base every day. And I think – I talked with Council about this yesterday. And Council is a really – a really good way of doing this. And it was very similar to an infield instructor that I had years ago. Ron Plaza was an old infield instructor. Scott Brocious and I got drafted in 87. And he, his first comments to, to us were, you know, as we're learning, here's what we expect out of you at third base. Get outs. You get a two hopper hit to you. You catch it. You throw it to first. You get an out. He would say, I don't care if you're standing on your head. Just get him out, and let's move to the next guy. That's all he asked for. And Counts made a comment yesterday to me as him and I were just talking. All I want him to do is make the routine play. Nothing more than that, and then let's get him to home plate and let him hit. And I think having a manager that understands that expectation and he's going to make some mistakes is really going to help Christopher. So a couple things there, Danny. First of all, not two days in a row last year at spring training that he was at third base because they were just using him all over the place. But just this. Well, simpl- I mean, that's insane. It's insane. It's insane. It was a guy for they've known for two years. He doesn't have a position and they didn't pick one. They just kept throwing him everywhere, which is like throwing him nowhere. Well, the only thing like so as I hear that it is either insane or it was that they did not think he could do it. So they never considered it. I, I, I think you're right, but it sounds like they did not think he could do anything anywhere. They, they, that they didn't think, because if he had a spot, I guess they decided on center field because that's what he did once they broke camp and he went to Iowa. That's the only place he played. But if you're spending all of spring training just bouncing him around from one spot to one, stop, one spot, that's, that, that's, that's crazy to I me mean, for listen, a guy we, who had to show we, we need to grade it by what they knew at the time. They did not know he was as good of a hitter at spring training last year as they do at spring training this year, right? That's true. So they did not know that his bat needed to be in the lineup, that they need to find a way to get the guy 500 at-bats. They did not know that when they were making his defensive plan last year v. this year. So they do have another season of data where the guy hit 37 home (laughs) runs between the minors and the majors. That's a pretty significant amount of data to say, you know what, we should change our approach to this guy defensively because we we, need his bat in there. We should try to find what's a spot for this guy. What do you guys think? Should we try to find a spot? Yeah, no, 37 home runs, right? I mean, mean, listen, Council's Notre Dame. He's smart. I, I'll, um, I'll give you that. And clearly they had decided on DH is, is what, what Ross had said. Um, right. So for sure. The, the other thing that um, 
the other thing in there, it's one of those deceptively simple baseball things. Just get outs. Get outs at third base. It's one of those spots where, like, you can get in your own head and freeze for a second, and then you've lost the out at first. Remember we saw Madrigal do that early in the year last year? Like, oh, wait, there's a guy at third. I better, oh, wait, there's a guy at second. I better, oh, no, no, okay, I just got to throw it. Like, if you if you pause and think about other plays or things like that, it can make you crazy. The great ones like Nolan Arenado and others, they might get a double play sometimes because they know the math. They know the clock, I should say. They have the internal clock. Morell's not going to have the classic internal clock that third basemen have from playing it for thousands and thousands of games. So telling him, just, just get an out. You get a ball, just throw it to first. And maybe they'll miss a lead runner every once in a while. But at least they'll get a freaking out. And that is sensible starting point advice for a third baseman. I really it's a good like starting that. point. I agree. It's um, it does worry me a bit with the pitching staff. You know, it, and listen, I I'm the guy who wants power. Ball go far, team go far. Yeah, they didn't have enough power last year. They don't have enough power this year. Offense is more important than defense. Like I, all of those things, uh-huh. but they do have pitch to contact guys. You know, I, absolutely, it is a premium defensive position. Absolutely, and 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 so maybe it won't be the the long term thing, and and it's certainly going to be a journey over the course of spring training and the year. Like how much he can be trusted there, but when he's out there, don't get no outs. Don't think sure. you can be run replacement over third. level. The, the goal is replacement level. And at least get one out. If there's an out that's possible, get it so there's less cleanup for the pitcher to do as opposed to like freezing and freaking out and really causing a problem, which can happen very easily at that spot. I do go back to like if he went if he went to an expansion team, where do you think they would play him? Corner outfield. And how far down the list would he would it be before you got to third base? Because I think uh, that they would do second base before third base. I disagree. I think second base, especially now without the shift, is a much more premium defensive position. I think, I think third base is it, it, third base and first base are where you're going to try and and hide guys who you have to put in the infield, and and probably first base most of all, which is why they wanted why they expressed, they did that for like a day. Yeah, it's why they had expressed it like corner outfield. I, I mean, like. There was a time, though, last year that they said that his best infield position was second base, but they just couldn't play him there because of Nico. Yeah, I, I know. You're right. But I think that might just be because, like, that that's where he had played the most or seemed the most comfortable. But, like, if you've got a guy who has to figure it out somewhere, your options are left field, then first base, then probably third base. I guess then right field in terms of hiding somebody. But these days you want good defense everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it's the right spot, especially considering what the needs are on this team. So uh, hopefully you get uh, Listen, we, we're in agreement there. It's the right spot on this team. I just don't know that it's the right spot for him with his skill set. And I think it is – he's got the right manager for it, and he's got the right – mindset from the beginning for it just be replacement level just get outs just make the routine play don't don't get in your head don't do anything spectacular don't get fancy all of that seems just just get him to his next at bat don't clog dh let that be a spot that you you know that gives you flexibility to rotate a bunch of guys in i think for the 2024 cubs morell at third from day one makes the most sense because of the roster I just, 
I could see us 80 games from now saying, God, he's just not a third baseman. Yeah, it's possible. It's 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 possible, um, but I like that they're trying. Yeah, and he's because, a good like, athlete. Like you said, he's a damn good athlete, and like you said, he's got to find 500 at bats. You got to find, find 500, 500 at bats. Yeah. yeah, and and they can adjust. If it's an absolute disaster in April and May, they can they can adjust and say, okay, but he's raking. We will clog up DH. You know, if yeah. that if they if they need to do that, they will make that adjustment. You see Matt Shaw hit the ball awfully hard a couple of times today. That dude, that that kid can rake. They've got some kids who aren't ready who can rake. Owen Casey can rake. He played a little bit of right field today. He's been playing some first base. They keep giving him shots. Uh, Mervis obviously got his shot a little bit today. He's going to have a, a tough uphill battle to make this team. But that Matt Shaw, man, that, 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 that kid at third base, like eventually that's going to be, I do believe that's going to be his spot eventually. Not this year. But eventually. Not this year. Yep. Well, you know, they, they need a uh, a star or two. <laughs> yeah, they can use that. You know, but for now, it's good to have uh, your beloved baseball back. And it, really is. it was a good debut. Right? Did you? I, I didn't. I, I like I said, I, I mean, we do work over at Marquee. Love everybody at Marquee. But I was hanging out with with the new guy just to just to get first impressions. Yeah, how did it sound over there? Midseason form? Yeah, it sounded great. That, that's the thing. That's like you got you got one team, and yeah, the Cubs have plenty of flaws, and they're not good enough as constructed. And Bellinger needs to get there, and maybe even somebody else too. But we know it's a big league organization with lots of good young kids on the way, and it's a big league broadcast uh, with uh, with a very high uh, level of execution on the on the broadcast. And it was it was very palpably different. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's it, it shouldn't be a surprise. It wasn't a surprise. It was just striking. Coop shouted you out. Did he? At the end of the radio broadcast. Oh, that's lovely. I didn't know that. I yeah, he it. said uh, that you were coming out there. Your, your game is a week from Wednesday, something like that, right? A week from Sunday. So Sunday, the 10th of March is, is my game. Um, Alex Cohen's good, man. I thought he sounded good today. I, I, I enjoyed hearing him. Uh, with Coom. But yeah, I got a game on, on Sunday the 10th. I'll be there that weekend. And uh, hopefully, you know, try and book uh, everybody and anybody for our show. You know, I'll yeah, just, no, I'll that just, I, just I'm, I'm jealous that you're going to be able to get out there, man. That's going to be uh, it's a lot of fun. I miss Scorehouse. I miss doing stuff like that. Yeah. That was uh, that was that was an excellent few year run that we had. Be nice to Scorehouse. Be nice to get everyone out there in the middle of Score Street. It really to would la- to launch a pandemic again, man. That was the last one. We, we did it. We did it. We kicked off the pandemic. Congratulations. Thank you very yeah. much. Everyone's got their theories. It's amazing. I mean, we were a 50,000-watt blowtorch. No one ever cites Scorehouse as the reason for it all. We were you know, in that clubhouse that day that you, Darvish, and David Ross got the flu, and then we went to a brunch spot after, and everyone was just sick. Yeah. Yep. And do you guys remember when Bernstein mated a chicken with a rat at Scorehouse? You guys remember that? Choosing not to. And then he slaughtered them both and mixed their blood together and, like, put it in a syringe. You guys, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, he was, he was like, it's, it's, it's to take down the world and modern society. Was what Something was like that. Something like that. And he was like, People refer to play. it as the, the bag leak, right? Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> a bag right. leaked it. <laughs> 
was a That's bad LinkedIn. His bag factor, extremely high. We also did invite Sahadev Sharma to dinner and the house that one night, so maybe he brought it in. Well, that's true. He's, he's, the, he's the outsider. No, I think, well, he must have touched the uh, the blood that Burns had mixed together with the chicken and the rat, and then Sahadev spread it to everybody at the Athletic. Well, every press a, conference that spring training, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I just got a thing here. We're going to keep playing today. And, and then you guys then you guys sit down with Hayward. Wasn't Hayward a little sick, too? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, Hay- Hayward sick. was a little sick. And then I, I remember, God, I can't remember the dude's name, but he was, he was a veteran player. He was just on that team for one year. We tried to book him for the show. He was a local kid. Went in there, shook his hand, talked to him, and then they scratched him from the like between when we interviewed him and shook his hand. And Jason then the, Kipnis. Jason. Was it Kipnis. Jason Kipnis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they were like, Jason Kipnis is a scratch from this game with a with an hit with an illness. Oh. I was like, oh no. Did he ever? He never played again after that, right? You guys got him scratched for the career. <laughs> yeah. No, see, now he's like one of the heads of FWD Hospitality in Detroit, in, in Cleveland. He's like only a hospitality guy now. Doesn't play baseball. His locker was right next to uh, Kimbrel, which was right next to Lester. And I tried to go get Kimbrel, and I was like, yo. We both got beards. Like, what balm do you use? And, like, he just looked at me, and then John, John Lester looked at me. He's like, no, you're not going to get it, man. I'm sorry. It's not your fault, but you're not going to get it. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. That yeah, Lester, told you to, Lester told you to stop trying with Kimbrough. <laughs> That's when Shep tried to get Josh Fegley for pick a player, and he turned him down. <laughs> that was a low moment. <laughs> Trying to get a little bit back to, to normalcy if we can. Yeah, that's right, Johnny. Boy, yeah. too bad that guy was a cancer survivor. That's tough. That, that was, was unfortunate. Tough. It was unfortunate. It was a him. tough break. <sighs> I saw that uh, first uh, first in pod, excuse me, 1ST ampersand pod, you guys talked about the – you made it official. Didn't you make it official that Justin Fields was, was done in Chicago? Is that what I saw? I don't think so. No, that's what the slug said on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Dude, that's the way I don't they, know. That's the way they described it. Of course. Who knows? <laughs> You guys call your producer the slug? <laughs> Scratch Who knows, that. man. I, Scratch that. We do the we, we we do the show. It ends. They put it out into the ether. Then I never know like where it gets aggregated. What they highlighted. I have no no say or control of it. But we we did talk. We did talk about him in Pittsburgh again, and uh, he updated places in the podcast and all of that. And I do I do think it's I do think it's you know a matter of time now and uh, next week at the combine. We'll get a lot more clarity on it, but uh, I mean, I saw Albert Brewer last night said it looks like the 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 Bears are gearing up to make a trade as soon as you know next week, and Rick Spielman at thirty third team today said it's done. Said the era is done. Yeah, I mean, so I do. I don't remember if I said it on the pod, but I I do think it's just a matter of time before it is officially over. But at this point, it is done. Parkinson speak on the score. We call today Feel Good Friday, so I'm trying to stick to that. You know, (laughs) I like it. I like it. At MGM and 670, the score are honoring Hall of Famer Chris Chelios' career and retirement of his number seven jersey this Sunday. Mully and Haw broadcasting live at Kaiser Tiger from noon to three. The show is expected to feature a visit from Chris Chelios and other special guests. Come by and say hello before the game. That is Sunday, noon to three, Kaiser Tiger, located 1415 West Randolph, excuse me, near the United Center. BetMGM will also be celebrating by offering a $7 bonus bet to all customers in Illinois. BetMGM, the king 
of sports books. Danny, we were talking yesterday about the big names that have been around Chris Chelios before at big moments in his life, and he kind of he, he he said that Jordan's coming and he's ent- emptying out the Rolodex. I can report that since yesterday, I've heard of even more ridiculous names that might be in town. And all sorts of gatherings that are rumored to be taking place. And I hope to be able to have a better report for you and our listeners on Monday. I suspect that I will. And I'm, looking I'm sure you will. It. I'm sure you will. Yeah. You're a man about town. You're a man who are the, the red ropes part when you show up places. <laughs> so I'm sure you've been to Malibu uh, with Chelly before. I, you'll, I've you not. Know, you, yeah. Yeah. No, you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be there. You'll, you'll be in the middle of it all. Or at least maybe not the middle, but you'll be. Adjacent, adjacent to it all. Yeah, I've I'm been sure. to, to Geneva with Chelios when I did that thing at Aurelio's. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, they, they call Geneva the Malibu of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> and was Cindy Crawford there? Was Cindy Crawford there? She might have been. I mean, I that's the thing for sure. She wasn't. <laughs> Just because we some seventy million dollar homes on Lake Geneva. To be honest, like right, right around there. Yeah, there you go. You're probably right. So yeah, um, I also it, I love. It's gonna be a hell of a so weekend in town. It's gonna it's gonna be huge. I the the promotion for the Kaiser Tiger broadcast. I love it because like so Chelios, he lives an incredible life. He's always at different events. He's on both coasts. He's like all. He's a man about the world. But every Wednesday at eight forty five in the morning, and that might be you know six forty five in California, whatever. He is there with Mullion Haw, and he has thoughts on like the Hawks game from the night before. So he is prepared, and I fully expect him to be at Kaiser Tiger. I fully expect it. But I love that the copy says the show is expected to feature a visit from Chris Chelios, <laughs> <laughs> because it might not. Because you never be know. Honest. Yeah. This whole weekend is going to be one big drunken celebration of Chris Chelios. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's possible. It's, I it's mean. Like, I think he will be there. I expect him to be there. And if he always shows up at 845 in the morning on the phone, uh-huh. my yeah. guess is he can get to Kaiser Tiger sometime between noon, noon and three. But I, There's no I've way nev- to know. I've never seen copy for an appearance be like, he's expected to be there. <laughs> we can't etch that in stone because, right. you know. He's, he's also be partying with Eddie Vedder. Sure. He's also expected to be uh, riding around town in a giant vat of chili in the back of a, a pickup truck. You know, one would assume he's lying there just, you know, with bottles of his Bandito brand tequila, White just board. handing them out to people. He, he makes chili. Yeah, you might have to whiteboard that for our younger audience. I remember that's when I was 10 years old. That's the only thing I wanted is for my parents to take me to Chelly's Chili Bar. Well, they just opened a new, a a new chili yeah. stand. They opened a pop-up at the United Center. So Chelly's Chili is there at the United Center. But, yeah, he had a chili restaurant. Did you see Bruce Miles today tweeted a copy of the, the, the story that he wrote when Savard got traded to Montreal for Chris Chelios? Savard was 29. Chelly was 28. I missed that. Did he pan the trade? Uh, no, no. It, it was just okay. it was a, it was a news story, but it was like an excited news story. And Mike Keenan made the trade, and everybody's like, "Oh, he hates Savard. That's why he did it." Like now, he said he really wanted Chris Chelios, and that one has uh, that one has aged pretty well. I mean, Savvy was great too. Yeah, but Ch- Chelly was 28 at the time and a Chicago native, and he came back to town, made chili and uh, NHL history at the same time. Hockey players can play forever too. Yeah, they can. I mean, traded to Chicago at 28? You said 29? Uh At 28. 
28, right? Because you think of him having this massive NHL life after the Blackhawks, which he, of course, did. You want two yeah, more cups? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I, I guess I had forgotten that or maybe never knew it. I would have assumed that he would have been a Blackhawk earlier, given how long he was a Hawk and all that. But, but hockey players just, they, if they're awesome, they play forever. Yeah, his history's wild because he won a Norris Trophy and a Stanley Cup before even coming to Chicago. Right. Yeah, he, he, he won he a Norris. already established, in, yeah. Already established star in Montreal, had, had played it for the Olympics, I think, in 84. Um, it, you know, so Olympic hockey player in 84, won a Norris and a Cup in Montreal, like you say, then came to Chicago, had a whole life here, and then had a, a much longer and more fruitful hockey life after here. Crazy. Yeah, I, did, I, I would not. I knew he didn't start his career here, obviously, but I, I would have guessed twenty five. That's yeah. that's that's crazy. That's a that's a that is a long long. And that and by the way, that's how you have all of those people in your in your in your Rolodex. Yeah, well, you're a you're a man about town in the eighties, nineties, two thousands, big time markets, champion Jordan Bulls in the nineties. Like that's that that's how it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's pretty hilarious. But um, anyway, so go to the Kaiser Tiger. Between you, I think Tanny is expected to be there. Expected. Can we say that? Expected, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Expected. Expected. I'm not, not guaranteed. So mm-hmm. It's not going to be a guarantee. Yeah, I'm hoping to head over there, say what's up to the guys, and try to find a cheap ticket before puck drop. <laughs> oh, you should be someone's guest of honor. Tanny's DMs are open, ladies. Yeah, gentlemen. seriously, somebody take Chris Tannehill to the game. I don't think they are actually. I got to check that. Oh, it, oh, open your DMs now because of the power that this show has. You just no, wanted Chelly's Chili as a kid. Yeah, I had Jay Zawaski give me a Chelly's Chili T-shirt when they did the pop up. What? <laughs> that, You're the that's best. Amazing. And then I but... then I got there with my parents, and I was like, "Oh, this is a sports bar," and I'm like, 10. This is not." cool for me <laughs> i shouldn't be here <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do this you got a baby in a bar <laughs> last big event before opening day right in chicago um, no bulls game is going to really qualify as a big I event i don't i don't think so i don't think a bulls game will qualify hey, my first press conference oh yeah oh, justin fields trade press conference after a justin fields trade Will be a big event. Yeah, I mean, but but op- opening days before Caleb's first press conference. I mean, as, that's as right. A bear. Yeah, opening days like in five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, opening days pretty soon. <laughs> opening day is pretty soon. Uh, combine press conferences. That's this weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. Yeah. No, man. I mean, yeah. what? Ne- it's gonna. We're gonna actually get new news in football soon. It's coming next week uh, as the combine begins, and we'll hear from them. And uh, yeah, and and we'll get a Fields trade maybe as soon as uh, as soon as next week, right? Yeah, or at least the foundation for it. Yeah, I was I was impressed by the way. Nope, nobody. Uh, I didn't see anyone have make a, a huge stretch off the Shane Waldron pe- press conference of like he tipped his hand or he did something. Like everybody was pretty level headed with that nothingness. I yeah, think, I, I, I think I think so. I think the headline was what you had asked me to pinpoint yesterday. He didn't tip his hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, good good job not tipping your hand. Young man. Have a good weekend, Danny Parkins. Have a good weekend, Shane Reardon. Enjoy your dogs. Tanny, I hope you get into the hockey game. And uh, I'll find one. If I don't get the one on United Center, I'll I'll find a hockey game again. (laughs) Just any hockey game. (laughs) Just drive around till you see one. Men's League game somewhere. Thank you to Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat, and video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon is our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are. 
each and every day. Have a good weekend, everyone. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkinson Spiegel. This is The Score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm, I, I got something. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.